What's up, everyone? Really enjoyed my conversation with longtime friend Greg Gentile. He is a criminal defense attorney here in Ohio, and he specializes in DUI, DWI, OVI. Um, He's got a remarkable story, and I found our hour-long conversation to be extremely insightful and informative. So if you find this area of the law to be fascinating to you, then sit back, relax, and enjoy. Crazy how they do that. Isn't that that nuts? What's his face? Cowherd. Cowherd literally sits in a room by himself and does a pot, just talks to people behind that he can't communicate with. He's talking at them for hours, and it sounds cool, and he's funny. All by himself. It's insane how these guys do it for hours every day, and they come up with enough material to fill in and and be entertaining. Exactly. Like, it has to be interesting. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's crazy to me how they do it. It's absolutely ridiculous. Anyways, we're live, by the way. Cool. um, Welcome, brother. Thank you, man. Welcome. You're keeping bad guys off the streets, huh? Yeah, right? Yeah, the guy who defends (laughs) the criminals. Yeah, my mom's really proud of that. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, man, good to catch up with you. It's been a little while. Yeah. Uh, We go back to our law school days. Those long, grueling hours in the library. Me, you, Mike, Seems like it was yesterday. It's, what, 10 years ago now. Dude, isn't that nuts? Yeah, I know. Time flies. It's going to be 10 years this May that we graduated. Crazy. Holy shit. Yeah. That's crazy. crazy. That's also sad. Isn't it? That's really, that's... You know, I think back soon enough, it's going to be 20 years from when we first moved into the dorms in college. 20 years. So we've lived... Like half a lifetime ago. I was going to say we've lived longer. We've lived longer out... Now that I'm 36, I'll be 37. Yep. So I'm actually going to be living longer outside of high school. I've spent more years outside of high school than I did... You know, or more years outside of my, you know, 18, my first, my, mm-hmm. my young youth and early teens and, and high school years. Like, I'm already more than that. Like, that's fucking so I know. So scary. Sobering thought, to say the least. That's why you got to enjoy it, man. I you know. have to enjoy it as hard as it is. I know. Um, so tell me what's going on with you. Let's go back first, actually, to your background out of law school. So you were working um, criminal law I don't remember, man. Like second first, year, first, first year, first year, first semester. So, I had one of the assistants in um, in the admin department at, uh, at Marshall come up to me and say, "Hey, look, you should apply for this job. It's a criminal defense firm. I think you'd be good for it." And it's not something I wanted to do. I said, "Okay." So I went, interviewed, got the job, law clerked, got a job out of law school, and it's. Once you become a lawyer, it's weird to get pigeonholed. You start doing one area of law and you get used to it and you know it. It's hard to get out of it. So mm-hmm. I got, I don't want to say stuck in it, but you get used to it and you just kind of stay with Who it. Who did you work with when you so first So a guy came? named Ian Friedman, pretty right. prominent local guy. Did a lot of, still does, a lot of real high profile stuff. So I learned from a really good lawyer. He's yeah. a good lawyer, good teacher. He's, he's one of the best of in Cleveland. I think he's so. One of the best, I mean, he's, yeah. he's my go-to if I ever abducted somebody. Uh, <laughs> He'd be on the, the very short list of people to call. You know, we laugh, but explain a little bit about why, what what drew you to this criminal defense background, and why is it important for people, regardless of the situation, to have representation? I like being in a courtroom, and it's kind of like being a doctor. And if you don't know a lot of lawyers or don't know anything about what lawyers do, you think that lawyers know everything. And I can't uh, tell you how many times I get a phone call, hey, can you help me with this 
landlord-tenant issue or a divorce or a bankruptcy, and I, I don't know anything about that stuff. Hell, the guys who call me know more about bankruptcy than I do. Mm-hmm. So I started doing the criminal defense uh, area, and I just liked it. I like going into court. I like the adrenaline of it. It's high risk, um, a lot of pressure. I just I thrive on chaos. So no, it's... I just I like being in the trenches like that. And it gets addicting after a while. What was some of the crazy shit that you were doing uh, back in law school? What was some of the crazy shit that you were exposed to right off the bat? Oh, God. What kind of cases were you looking at? So Ian did, and still does, like I said, does a lot of high-level stuff. Mm -hmm. A lot of sex offenses and violent offenses and high-profile people, um, celebrities, a lot of just really high, high high-end crimes, white-collar stuff. So doing all that, I, I got a front row seat to really the highest end of the business at a mm-hmm. really young age. Like I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. What, 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 how old no were you back in like, you were like what? Mid twenties so probably two, some, give or take. Uh, when did we go to law school? 2000, 2005 through eight. Yeah. So I was 22 when I got Holy my first shit. job. I was a little kid. I had yeah, no man. clue what to do. I couldn't answer the phone. That's I couldn't crazy. talk to people. It, it just didn't it, you feel like we, we thought we were so old at that point. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. These these guys that would call in, they're looking for some big shot criminal lawyer and they put him on the phone with a law clerk that doesn't have a clue what's going on. Crazy, man. Yeah, right. Um, But yeah, he was, uh, he throws you into the fire too. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a lot of training wheels. Like, look, either you figure out how to do it or you won't be here and it's not for you. And they would do everything from, I mean, did he do murder? He did murder cases. Yeah. Not a ton of murders. Most of those guys don't. they can't really afford the the high end guys for murder for the most part. Right. Uh, just a lot of high white collar stuff, uh, money laundering, uh, rape cases, things like that. Child uh, child victim cases. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's. Yeah. How, so like when people ask you because you had to deal with that stuff, and I know that that you really don't focus on that type of stuff mm-hmm. now, but taking a child pornography case or a child sex victim case. How, how do you how do you do it? It's it's very hard, I think. And I don't do it now. I was exposed to it as a young lawyer and as a law clerk. I didn't do much of it when I worked there. I didn't yeah. want to. It's not that I'm above it or I'm too righteous for it, but it just didn't interest me. I, I like the look. I like being a criminal defense lawyer because I can relate to my clients, which mm-hmm. is the weirdest thing to say, and it is weird to hear. So when people ask me, oh, "How do you do it? How do you defend these criminals?" Look. I like them. Half of them I'm friendly with, or I can put myself in their position. You know, for the life of me, I can't imagine victimizing a kid or oh looking at child That's... porn. But I can put myself in the position of somebody who either gets behind the wheel when they shouldn't, or has something mm-hmm. in their pocket and they shouldn't, or gets into a bar fight. Like, you don't think like that when you hear, oh, defense criminals, that it could be you. But when you start doing it, you can find yourself or you know people or you have been in these situations that people get in and it puts them in in really high leverage high exposure situations when you're looking at being a felon or having crazy prison time mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is why i like it like that i mean that's that's part of the you're, draw to you, it for me. you end up getting to know these guys personally and you're yeah. like oh shit, you know They're not everyone's people. a piece of garbage no. like sometimes you get caught up in a situation yep. where you make a bad decision yeah. or you're inebriated and you make some stupid you know you know how many DUIs I could have had when I was younger? A oh. ton of them. I, I, well, let's talk about. Well, we'll I want to talk get, get into that. So, um, but but so you end you end up working with with uh, Ian, 
and you were doing well. You know, you were you were with him obviously all the way through for three years in law school. And then yep. how many years once you were uh, once we graduated, once you passed the bar, you were with him for several six, more six, five, six, six more years. Six years really? Yeah. Yep. What kind of cases were you? What were you doing then? Like as a young attorney coming out of law school, because again, I don't know this stuff. I never practiced a day in my yeah, life. Right. Um, as a young attorney coming out of law school, what is the process like once you're in the real world? How do you start getting your feet wet? How do you start getting acclimated? So I think it's one of two ways. Either you hang up a shingle and you run your own show and mm -hmm. you just take whatever you can get. You get on a court assignment list. You will take whatever the judge assigns you. So when you hear of like public defenders, public defenders could be either somebody that works in the public defender's office or you go into court and you get assigned cases for indigent defendants. They just kind of give you stuff. Mm -hmm. And you take whatever you can get if you do that. Or if you work for a firm like I did, you get whatever the boss man gives you. And he would give me all of the low-level felony stuff, which is theft cases, stolen property, passing bed checks, drugs, a lot of drug cases, and then all the DUIs, mm -hmm. all the misdemeanor stuff, yep. which was good for me because uh, that became my niche and I liked it, like mm -hmm. I said. So I was doing pretty much all the drug cases and all the OVIs that came in. And, and they would handle all the other grotesque so stuff. So are you doing like a lot of, uh, are you doing a lot of just like paperwork, like legal briefs, or are you starting to negotiate with prosecutors? What's the, what's the process, if you could shed light on that? I think early in your career, you're writing more, you're having more hearings because people don't know you. Mm -hmm. And then once they get to know you, it becomes kind of like an old boys network. And you, you rely on your reputation more, you negotiate more. Mm -hmm. um, I. I do a Go lot. Ahead. What are you doing over there? Yeah, I'm Checking just, credit I'm, just play, I'm just playing around here. Um, <laughs> I'm getting ready to play something here shortly. But go ahead. Yeah, I just you had to earn your stripes a little bit mm -hmm. as a young lawyer. And when they don't know you, they don't respect you, and they don't think you're gonna fight them and win. And mm -hmm. then when you do, things tend to change a little bit. Yeah. So once you get your feet so you're wet, doing a lot. You're doing a lot of you're doing a lot of briefing until you, and then you're starting yeah. to. You're in court a lot, though. You're like, in court. It's, it's courtroom to courtroom to courtroom. A lot of times it's city to city to city. So you got to be in three different cities at 9 a.m. in three different courtrooms and mm -hmm. clients. You got to manage your time well. Yeah. A lot of running around uh -huh. yeah, and appearances. And, you know, it's not a lot of lengthy briefs like we do in law school where I'll write a 20 page brief on this. You don't do a ton of that. Right. Uh, but enough. Enough where you got to learn how to do it. So you're go getting your feet wet with him and you're handling all these, what we'll call, lower level cases um a lot of drug cases those kind yep. of things and then at, at what point does it do you say to yourself okay uh, i'm ready to go do this thing on my own man i thought about that for years that is a tough decision to do because you you rely on the safety net of a paycheck coming in and mm -hmm. knowing like i liked my job i liked the firm i liked my coworkers. i like my boss I, I i loved working there but um it got to the point where I thought I was good enough and experienced enough that, and I made enough connections that I could do it. And I always thought, and this goes for being a lawyer or any type of business really, that if if I failed or my company failed, I wanted it to be because of me. And it was mm -hmm. something that I did or decisions I made that didn't work out. And then I can look in the mirror and say, well, I mean, you screwed up, right? as opposed to, oh, the firm didn't do well because the marketing was off or the decisions from higher ups were off. Right. I wanted that on my shoulders because it just, I liked it that way. And I like having skin in the game too. Maybe work harder, more motivated. Absolutely, sure. And also I wasn't, when I when I left and started my own, my own firm, um, 
I wasn't married and I didn't have kids. So it's not like I had to worry about anybody else. If I failed, it was just on me. Right. And then I would know too, because it's all people always say, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then you don't. It's it, I wanted to know if I could do it or not. And it worked out. I'm, I'm obviously happy now that I did. So you, won, you, you said basically, I'm going in one day and I'm letting these guys know this is it. Yeah. Or I'm going to start my own. And, yep. You know, you have that. You have that uncomfortable discussion. Potential. You know. Yeah, it was okay. Nerve wracking. I was nervous. It was a yeah. lot more comfortable than I thought it would. Yeah. Be. Yeah. So the anticipation, like like a, practically everything else, the anticipation's worse than than when it actually yeah, happens. Yeah, right. You and think then, about uh, it. The buildup's terrible, and then when it happens, like, it wasn't that bad. That's yeah. a, that's it was all fine. It was. <laughs> and my boss, a cool dude, so he he was fine with it. He got yeah. it. He said he saw it coming. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. But yeah. uh, either way, I can see why he would have. Mm-hmm. It's because it's easy to follow that route. It's exactly what he did. He worked for a firm, then went off on his own. And listen, man, if you're if you have if you have you know passion and and uh, that drive, yeah, to, right. to, to do it, people know when you're going to move on and when you're not. Like they know who's sticking and who's going to ultimately move on. Yeah, what's I it mean? Be, come on, be mad at me because I did exactly wanna, what he did. And yeah, I, exactly. I, you want to better yourself yeah, and have I, your own and be the guy. And, and you, you want to bet on yourself too. And That's I always it. give that people give people that advice. You know, bet on yourself. Because mm-hmm. you're the one that controls your destiny, and if you work hard and you're kind to people, good stuff can really happen. Absolutely. And if you're prepared and you put in the effort and the work and you have the work ethic to, to make things go down the right way, you can control exactly where you want to go. Instead of re- relying on other people and relying on, in the law aspect, the phone to ring or people to stay on the right track that are above you. Like It's a good feeling to know that you have control of everything and yeah. you call the shots and you're, you're betting on yourself because if you don't bet on yourself nobody else is going to you're gonna you're gonna take you're gonna fall on the sword and, and yeah. you know if you have to yeah and, and, good uh, and the bad the you good know, and the bad you. exactly that, that's beautiful so do you have anyone else working with you now or are just you me one shot deal oh yeah you have uh assistant or so the paralegals or anything? i i'm i rent from a i run office space from a larger company and they have admins there so there's somebody up front who greets all my clients and they seat them and they do a lot of that stuff but um I have nobody to to give work to to delegate to, which I like it that way. Yeah. I like having my phone. I answer it. I I control what goes That's down. Again, I gotta rely on anybody. <laughs> You're yeah. ride or die. I'm also well, a lunatic because yeah. I just I would micromanage people if I hired anyone. Yeah. It'd be terrible for them. So uh, so you're out on your own, man. That had to be scary and exciting all at the same time. That was terrifying. So you yeah. like you go out Friday morning. I went to work. My last day. It was. Yeah. It was nice. And then <laughs> like no more paycheck, no more steady paycheck. And then Monday I woke up and you shower, you're ready for work. And I sat down. I'm like, all right, what do we do now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Looking at my phone. phone like, Come on, ring. Ring. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um, how, how do you get clients at the beginning? Word of mouth. Um, you make relationships with other lawyers that refer cases to you. That's common. Is yeah, that people common practice? refer cases to lawyers they like mm-hmm. and if you do you do a good job and you work hard and they like you they're going to send you stuff isn't and, that universal with and, everything and yeah. what i learned is that lawyers like sending young lawyers work mm-hmm. because they know what it's like to be in that position you know you can send somebody over to a big firm and they kind of get lost in the shuffle they know when you're when you run your own show that they're going to get high level of attention and you're going to try really hard so absolutely yeah that's great because they, they were there you know they, yep. they were doing the same thing so and so we, you started getting some some clients right away and you're probably thinking yeah. this feels different than it did working for somebody i imagine yeah, the pressure's weird. higher too. just uh pressure's higher a lot of there's a misconception that you work less i, I worked a hell of a lot more mm-hmm. when i went on my own because now you have to do all the accounting and all the billing and all the advertising and you have to make sure that everything's perfect and you answer your own phone and 
it just it's a lot but um it picked up a lot quicker than i thought that's great and with with what i do with the criminal defense uh a lot of i call my alumni you get the same people that keep coming back and (laughs) and then you have friends of friends are these your mvps yeah right uh... i have about five of them that i know every year or two my phone's gonna ring and i know exactly what's up man what do you what'd you do this time yes it's the weirdest conversation like hello hey i never thought i'd call you again Mm -hmm. you're like oh i kind of did yeah uh... (laughs) saw that coming a mile away yeah. Man. Um, uh, so, all right. So, what are you focusing on? What exactly do you specialize in? Same stuff, really. DUIs, drugs. It's OVI is operating. So, sometimes. What's DUI, the difference between DUI and DWI? Driving the, under the influence yes, versus the driving while intoxicated. Yeah. So, some states use it? driving while driving under. Uh, Ohio uses operating a vehicle impaired. It's not so, it's driving. OVI now. It's OVI. Um, and it's not a motor vehicle either. So, it's so like there's no make, such thing on, in the Ohio revised code on D, DUI or no, DW. It's, an o, it's no, called it's OVI. OVI. It's OVI. Yeah. But it, all, for anyone that doesn't know, that all means the same shit. Yeah, it's, it's all a, the same. So it's not a car. Uh, but, well, it is a car, but it could be more than that. So I've had OVIs on bicycles before. So a bicycle in Ohio is considered a vehicle. It's kind of funny. When they write the ticket and they put like make model vehicle instead of you know, Nissan Altima, they'll put in like Huffy. No. <laughs> yeah. It's against the law to, to ride to a To ride a bicycle impaired. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Come huh? on. Yeah. And I don't think I knew that. Yeah, it is. For Holy sure. Holy shit. And, I get and maybe cops one a give year. a ticket for that. In, or not, a t- I mean, they're arresting. Are they yeah, arresting they, you? They, they cuff you. They bring you get in. You get a breathalyzer. It's the same here. thing. It's the same thing. You might as well be. You're like, in a, you're like going there ring, ring, ring with your little, like yeah, your right. little bike. You're going to the, the ice cream shop after, yeah, after a little bender at the, at the bar. No, and they, they confiscate your bike. It's. That is absurd. That is absolutely fucking absurd. Most cities aren't going to do it, but there's at least a few in this area that will. Like what cities? What Uh, cities are are more known for? North Royalton, they're pretty tough as it is. Uh, They will give tickets, OVIs, tickets. How do do you pull somebody over with an OVI? You're just watching them ride their bike and you're like, oh, he's swerving. You put your lights on, you get behind them and they stop. Get out of town. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that's absurd. Yeah, isn't it crazy? So that's where the operating of vehicles comes ridiculous. in. I've had them on bicycles, John Deere's. That's a obviously bit ridiculous. Cars, motorcycles, trucks, things like that. Boats. That's clearly a law f- for you to protect yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's more, more so dangerous you, for you. It's more dangerous for you, also, clearly. And then you could ruin somebody else's life who's sure completely innocent, yeah. sober, driving, and you're. It's yeah. a still a ridiculous law. Isn't you it? gotta but feel like there's something there. different. Yeah, man. But not every state's like that. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I only know Ohio. So, um, so tell us, man. Tell me a little bit about OVI or whatever you want to call it. If you're a different state, DWI, DUI. Um, what advice do you give to your clients? They're they've had a few drinks. They're driving home from a bar and mm-hmm. they get pulled over. A police officer comes up to the window, roll your window down. What what advice do you give to your clients as a standard protocol in this in these situations? Well, normally I can't give them advice because they call me after they get arrested. But for for future right, exactly. OVIs, yeah. Um, look, I always tell people you want to give the police as little evidence as possible. So they come up to the window and they talk to you. They are trying to get you to talk to them. They're trying to smell your breath. They're trying to look at your eyes. They're trying to get you to talk, to slur your words, to say dumb shit. Uh, so the less you say, the less you do, the less they can use against you, right? So if you don't admit to drinking, so for example, they pull you over and they say, hey, let me see your license and insurance. And as you go to get your license and insurance, they'll say, oh, do you know what city you're in? Do you know what time it is? They hit you with another question because you're more likely to butcher your answers when you're doing two things at once. It's called divided attention. So they always want you to do two things at the same time. 
uh, in the last queue, hey, I smell alcohol in here. Have you been drinking? And everybody says, oh, I had a couple or I had two. Well, well you're nervous is all, all, is all yeah, hell Yeah, right and I get too, it. Right? And you think, look, I, I don't want to tell the police officer nothing because he can smell it on me and it's 2.30 in the morning and I'm leaving downtown. I'm going home. Clearly, he knows I've been drinking. Uh, I don't want to say what I really had, which is you know, eight beers, a couple shots. So I'm going to smell on two. <laughs> well, everyone just, says two. Everybody says two it's or a couple. Yeah. So you just admitted to drinking. So now I have driving home, odor, it's, uh, every police report, odor of alcohol, bloodshot, eyes, slurred speech. Whether the speech is slurred or not, they're always going to put they're it. They're going to put it. They're going to put it. Yeah. Uh, and then an admission to drinking. So now you start to put the pieces of the puzzle together, and they're they're just accumulating all of the things they have to make you look impaired. And when you hear Miranda, like anything you say uh, can and will be used against you, it's not for you. I'm not going to use it to help you. It's they're going to use it against you. And they put it in the report and they make you look guilty. And that is they're building their case at that point. So the less you give them, the better. They're um, building the case the moment they, they come oh, to your car. Once the red and blues come out. Look, if you've been drinking and uh, it's more than like a drink, right? Once you see those lights going on, you're getting, you're, like, you're, getting, you're getting taken fuck. in. You're getting taken in. It's just it's what evidence are you going to give them that they don't have? So what what do you advise? Like you know, they, the police officer comes up. Can you just say to the police officer, "I don't answer questions." You gotta identify yourself. So you see the YouTube videos where the guy's like the little plastic bag hanging out the window. That's gonna, yeah. that's gonna play well in front of a jury. Like this guy's got a right. bag hanging out of his window. Leaving. No, I haven't seen that. Um, but look, you have to ID yourself, and you have to get what out do of the you, car. What's the bare minimum you have to do? You have I, to ID yourself? ID yourself, and if they tell you to get out of the car, you got to get out of the car. Otherwise, they're going to get you out of that car, and they're going to smash your window, or they're going to pull you out. If they have they have to have probable cause or reasonable suspicion, what's the— Well, uh, it's, it's, at this point, it's reasonable suspicion. So it's a really minor, minor standard. They just got to get over the small little hump. So if they smell alcohol in this late at night— And how do you prove that they don't? Well, it's you hard. Know, that's it's the, that's hard. the thing. Yeah, yeah. even if, if they don't, but they, they've got a hard on for, yeah, for the, getting somebody. Well, you use it by the other things that may not be there. So if your speech is fine or if there's no alcohol in the car or, you know, it's a Tuesday at, at 2.30 p.m. instead mm-hmm. of a Saturday at 3 a.m. Right. Um, so and if the way police officers write reports, you know, if, if something is in, it's not in the report, that means it didn't happen. So if they don't put in there that you had bloodshot eyes, that, that means your eyes were fine. Right. So you use that to, to make them look or lack credibility. Uh, but just you want to give them as little evidence as possible. Answer questions directly. Look, where are you going home? Where are you coming from? Friend's house. But do you have to answer those questions? You don't have to do anything. You have to ID yourself. That's it. Okay. So is your advice to, is your advice to answer questions and kind of just oblige and make the you know keep the situation from getting too tense or is your advice i'm sure it's it's situational yeah it's situation typical you know, rat lawyer answer but, right it know, just it depends it's, it's it depends. tough it's look tough. if i'm if i've had a beer or two mm-hmm. at dinner or just with my yes. buddies if you go or you go out with your wife or whatever yeah, and you're doing everything wine, i'm you? answering all the questions okay. i am doing all the tests i'm blowing if i've had two drinks uh i'm doing everything they want me to now, do. now what happens if you don't so the bare minimum is you have to id yourself yep and if they ask you to get out of the car you have to oblige you gotta get out of the car yeah. if you don't get out of the car they could break your window open they and drag will. your ass out yeah they're not just going to say okay we'll wait for you they're not going to wait for you to decide eight to get hours out. later all right i'm good i'll take the breath they're going to dra- they're going to drag your ass out they're going to break your car. car yeah they flip which, the flashlight over they smash your window which is going to be even probably more problems for you oh my God. down the road right that could be the difference so police cruisers generally have cameras they're called dash cameras and they're recording everything that's happening in front of their cruiser so i get right. this 
beautiful video of you getting your window smashed in and getting yanked out of the car and like kicking the police officer. You know how bad that looks. It looks like a horror movie. <laughs> Especially when you kick the police officer. Yeah, yeah that, I had, that part doesn't work out too well. I had a, a this just Jack, yep. I had a DUI case years ago, and it was this woman who uh, she calls me and she says, "Hey, look, I got pulled over the other day. Um, I was leaving." work i stopped at the, had one drink at a happy hour and i got pulled over and they pulled me out of the car and they arrested me really did you do any tests no did you answer any questions no they just pulled me out and arrested me part of me is thinking there's no way this is true and the other part is thinking this is the best case i've had in, in right, three years right so sure enough month later i get the video and i look at it and there's no sound it's just this high def video from this police department <clears throat> and it's about three hours later than she thought it was she said it was five o'clock it's eight uh, still light out. It was in the summer. And they pull her over, and you see the officer come up to the window, and you see him pounding on it, pounding on it. She didn't roll the window down. First, then, That's the first mistake. First mistake. Yeah. And then you see second car come up, third car come up, fourth car, fourth cruiser, police car, blocks her in. So now they're in front of her. They put the strips down, so if she drives, she's going to ruin her tires. This is about 30 minutes of video. I'm condensing into 10 seconds. They break the window. They pull her out. She is holding onto the steering wheel and kicking the police. <laughs> so sure enough, one guy has That's one leg, crazy. the other guy's on it, and they yank Holy her out, shit. she slams into the ground. I'm thinking like, Holy this is the worst. You know how bad that looks? Are you kidding me? And she remembered none of it, she's just, yeah. Oh my God, Yeah, you get man. out of the car, it looks really bad. That's fucking crazy. But you don't have to do the test though. So if I was, if I'm drunk. That was my next question. I am respectfully declining all of the roadside tests where they do, there's three of them they do where they check your eyes. They're looking for uh, involuntary jerking. So your eyes actually jerk left to right, right. if you're impaired. It's alcohol um, induced. They have you walk a line and walk back. It's a nine step turn, walk nine back. And mm -hmm. they have you hold one foot up for 30 seconds. Uh, if I know that I've had a few too many drinks, I'm not doing any of those. What happens if you refuse those tests? They're going to arrest you. They will arrest you. Oh, yeah. You. Oh, yeah. Okay. But what's well, better, what? you bombing the tests and they arrest you anyway, or you don't do them and then they cuff you? Okay. And I can I can convince a judge or a jury that you just got bad advice or you didn't want to do them or you felt like so you there's didn't nothing need to. against the there's nothing within the law that requires you to take those tests. Those three tests, those no. those roadside tests that you call. Nope. Nope. Interesting. Interesting. Yep. So I'm not What about anything. if you what if they want you to blow uh, right there on the site? The roadside? Do you have to? No, you never have to do it. You don't have to do anything. So the roadside one doesn't really count. It's a portable test. It's not calibrated. Um, in this jurisdiction, so for this county, it, the number doesn't even come in. Uh, they use that as a tool, like a roadside tool, just to see where you're at, see if it's drug impaired. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they don't know, a mixture of both. Uh, you don't have to take that. And the one back at the station, you, you for sure don't have to. You don't have to take anything, but you can refuse everything other than IDing yourself. It's that easy. So what if you refuse? Do you have to take the? Uh, do you have to blow into the breathalyzer back at the station? No, you don't have to do any no, of that. You don't do anything. So what happens if I've heard if you refuse a breathalyzer, you're automatic six month suspension. Uh, Is that a, true? So it's a year. So it, once you're arrested for an OVI, if you blow over an 08, so an 08. Ohio's a point oh eight. Uh, it's like I don't know four light beer. So that's is that what I was. Yeah, it's I was, like, no, I was wondering what four, that was. Four twelve ounce Bud Lights, as opposed to I'll talk to a client and they'll say like, how many drinks do you have? Well, I only had three. What were they? Thirty two ounce Christmas hails. Yeah, nine percent. That's, gonna, like, well, that's gonna be that's yeah. gonna put you over right there, pretty much. Throw yourself down a flight yeah. of stairs mm -hmm. next time. Uh, but yeah, four light beers and a two hour. So four period. light beer. How about how many glasses of wine? Same thing. Like two glasses, ounce, two eight glasses, ounce glasses of, wine? of wine, three to four. Two, three that's to four, kind of, really? That's how big you are. You have that much room, huh? Look, if you're, I mean, I, I'm I know it depends on weight and all guy. that other stuff. But. Uh, 
I'm going to be much higher than you will be after three beers. So yeah. Four beers, yeah. So, but just on That's average, roughly, three or four, yeah, I'd, say, I'd say three to five in an hour and a half, two hour period, roughly, I'll put you like, wow. Away. Yeah. I thought it was like one drink, like one beer, one one glass well, of wine. You got a Christmas ale on your hand, that'll put you at like an O. That'll get you really close. I'd say O five. It'll get you close right after, after one. Yeah, because yeah. it's like two and a half and you're drinking it quickly. So, um, but if you blow over an O eight, it's an automatic 90-day BMV suspension. And this is only for Ohio, too. Board of Motor Other Vehicle, states, okay. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. a DMV, BMV, same thing. And then if you refuse, it's one year. So if you refuse, mm-hmm. it's one year. Kind of. But, okay, and we'll get into the kind <laughs> of part, right? That's the law, folks, because yeah, everything is fucking, everything. everything's gray. Yeah. But if you refuse, it's an automatic one-year suspension to start. Yep. Um, but so what is the positive of refusing? What could be worse? If you were to blow like 1.5 versus just refusing to take the test, what's worse? So Ohio has two ways to get, you get two different counts, two charges. The first OVI is when you're arrested. So cuffs go on, you are charged with an OVI. I don't care what you blow. I don't care what you do at the station. They've already cuffed you, transported you to the station. They've booked you, they've processed you, and they fire up that machine at the end. So the BAC is the last thing they do, and they can't unring that bell, right? So they're the OVIs on arrest. There's another offense for driving with a prohibited amount of alcohol, which is that 0.08. They charge you again with the 1.5. So in other words, you could look stone sober, and a judge or a jury, if you tried it, would all they'd have to determine is whether you blew over an 0.08. doesn't matter what you do on the test, how you look, how you act. If you're over an 0.08 or an 0.08 or higher, Ohio criminalizes that right off the rip. Uh-huh. So that is, that is a criminal offense, having a BAC over a 0.08. Or equal to. Point so, can you? Is there is there potential that your license is suspended for longer than a year based yeah, on what so, you blow? So, first off, I mean, what's? Let me go back some. What, what yeah. do you think's better? Right, I'll put you through two fact patterns. One, you got a guy that admits to having a couple drinks, gets out of the car, bombs the field test, goes back to the station, blows a one seven five, or a guy that gets out of the car, doesn't admit to drinking, doesn't do any of the tests, and refuses. What's easier for me to win? I would say the latter. <laughs> sure, right? I can't. And like, just look at it this way. I cannot convince a jury how you blew under an 08 when you blew a 2-2. But I can convince them that you, you refused because you didn't trust the test or you had advice or, or whatever reason. Yeah. yeah, Your cousin who's an attorney told sure. you not, not to do it. Yep. Or you read a book or you saw a video online or he, whatever. Yeah, sure. You're sunk with that high BAC. And it makes it more lifelike, too, because then the judge knows if you're really high – uh, the judge knows that just how bad you were. What do you like to do to, to what do you like, what are, what are some ways that you, you know, rigorously represent your clients in these situations? What are the types of things that you're looking for to create holes in, in the other sides, you know? Because the, the police officers are not always trustworthy. It's no, not always, it's not always black and white and it's not always, hey, oh, the, the officer wrote this or said so, so that's the way it is. It's, there's, right? I mean, you get into the courtroom and the, everything can change. Yeah, you fight traffic stops. So they have to have a reason to pull you over. Uh, most common one is weaving. So it's driving in your lane, crossing a lane line. If you don't cross the lane line, they really should be pulling you over. You have to fully cross it by tires with. If you drive on top of or touch, that's not technically a marked lane violation or speeding. Um, that's probably the second most common one. They they don't clock you as much when it's nighttime. So most OVIs are weekend nights. Right. Uh, they're not. When you when you think of a speeding ticket, you think of an officer staying outside of his car with with his gun sticking out outside of his door and he's pointing it at oncoming traffic and he gets in his car and he pulls you over. Yep. They don't do that at night because they don't want to get hit, right? So they pace you. They get behind you. And when they're driving the same direction as you, let's say on a highway, 
they can't use their laser gun. So they pace you, they use their speedometer to estimate how fast you're going. That's how they're pulling people over on freeways? Yeah, so if I'm behind you and wow. you're two car lengths in front of me mm -hmm. and we're going in the same direction and my cruiser shows that I'm going 75 right. and I'm not gaining or losing any traction on you, that means you're going 75, right? Correct. It's like if I'm driving next to you, if I'm looking in your window and I see you the whole time and you're not blowing past me or slowing down, that means you're going the same speed as me. Uh, they have to do a lot of things properly to get that in. They can't be braking, accelerating. They have to follow you for a reasonable period of time. Uh, they can't really catch up to you because you're not estimating how fast you're going if they're speeding up to catch up to you. So you can fight that. Um, if you win on that issue, let's say you beat the stop, everything after that gets thrown out. So Really? Yeah. Because it was an unlawful uh, detention or yep. unlawful yep. Uh, whatever you want to so call the, it, right? So the 3-5 that you blew because you're blacked out back at the station, that gets tossed. They have no case then if you can beat uh, So the they city. have to have a reason to first pull you over, right? Yes. For what you're saying yeah. is there has to be like a legit reason. Yep. If you could... If you could somehow beat the reason that they were pulled you over in the first place, the, the whole run. thing goes. Yep, that's, that's, that's it, right? Mm -hmm. That's what you're looking for. What, what else do you? What else are you looking for? Well, and then you fight field sobriety tests a lot. I, I'm obviously summarizing this because we yeah. spent five yeah, hours no. on it. Uh, well, there's a million ways. We'll to have, get we'll, you'll have to come back for some more. I mean, man, look, for sure. accidents, checkpoints, mm -hmm. citizen tips. I mean, all these things you fight. Uh, field sobriety tests. I fight a lot. Field tests are the three tests we talked about at the roadside, uh -huh. and the tests are done one way every single time. And the officer, if they don't do them properly, mm -hmm. uh, according, there's a big book that gives instructions and directions on how to do them. If they're not done uh, within substantial compliance of their directives, then the results don't come in. So I care more about how the officers administer the tests than I care about how my clients perform them. Understand. Because think about that eye test they do, right? They're doing an eye test on the side of the road. I can't see my client's eye shake. I care about how the officer does it. And that are task, they complying with the regulation, yeah. the are rules? Are they moving the, their finger a certain way? Right. Are they holding it at certain points? Or are they trying to manipulate the situation exactly. versus outside of the scope? Yeah, you know, and it, it sounds really trivial, but a lot of police officers don't do those tests as well as they probably should. Absolutely. And you either build enough leverage to, to better your case and get the prosecutor to come off a little bit, or you have a hearing and you win. Oh, that's amazing. So, what do you back on these this this traffic? I want you to listen to this this uh, this thing. Have you heard this guy, uh, Kenny uh, Suter? On you, no, have you seen not. this guy? I, I know nothing about this stuff. I, I don't answer questions. Greatest hits. You, oh, this God. is. I, I wanted to hear your take on on this because this is kind of what we were just talking about and what kind of information you may or may not have to share with the police officers. Take right. take a listen to this. I don't answer questions. I don't answer questions. You don't answer questions. That's correct. What's the reason okay. for that? I don't answer questions. <laughs> Hello. It's the same guy. How are you doing? Yeah. Good. Are you, do you know this lady back there in the accident? Or? I don't answer questions. Okay. We'll have a nice day. All, All right. right. Thank you. <laughs> he's, he's, okay. he's, he's, uh, so what's your what's your take on, on somebody that's that's, you know... All right, first, first piece of advice, this is kind of off topic, but you gain nothing by being an asshole to the police ever. Traffic stops, I'm, red light tickets, speeding tickets, mouthing off to the police officer, you, you never better your position because they're going to write on the ticket, defendant was an asshole, or he mouthed off. To, I, um, in addition to doing defense work, I also prosecute for the city of Parma part-time. And we just had one where this officer pulls this guy over, 
for weaving it out of a lane. Yep. And the guy looks at me, goes, "Oh yeah, why'd you pull me over?" Tells him to go fuck himself. Says, "I hope you die. Why don't you go get shot?" That's like, what he says, says to the police fuck officer. You over. Wow. And, and that's, sure enough, that's a good now way it's to on get, my to radar. Get off, yeah. And, yeah. Like what? Yeah. What do you get out of it? That's so so you never ever pop off to a police officer, whether he's completely lying or wrong. You say, "Okay, be very nice, compliant, you move on." Like this guy. Who's who's gonna watch a guy like that in the courtroom and give that guy the benefit of the doubt? You can you can take things from that and and not incriminate yourself. Be very polite, and respectful. And <laughs> I don't, like, I don't answer any questions. Like, <laughs> Cop, it just Cop. the YouTube videos <laughs> kill me. Is the common sense end of it? Is like how is this going to play out on camera yeah. in a courtroom? And if you're unlikable, so that's what it's you're a always th- that's what you're thinking about. How is a judge or a jury gonna? Yeah, is it is it a either or? Are there jury? Is this a bench trial or a jury trial? You get to typically? pick. You the get defendant pick gets to pick. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on the jurisdiction you're in, some judges are. Some jury members might like that. Like, yeah, you know, like that's. Yeah. Fucking, Look, you know. A lot of people on, I think, on juries, they have been in a position where they could have had an OVI or they drink and drive. Look, it's not but illegal. Who hasn't been It's in that not position. illegal to drink and drive in Ohio. It's not. It's not illegal to drink and drive. You right. can't be impaired. So there's a standard. So it's drinking and driving is fine, being impaired is not. Right. So it's my job to either convince a jury or a solo judge that. Um, sure, this defendant could have drank but wasn't to that level or right. didn't drink at all mm-hmm. or was just tired or fatigued or you name it. Uh, can't be on drugs either. Prescription pills too. You get no VI and prescription pills. What about easy. marijuana? Oh, uh, it's a big one. Oh, yeah. It's Weed's illegal, illegal man. Totally illegal right Weed's now. Weed's illegal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What about marijuana in other states? The ones that like in California or Washington where it might be, you know, where it's relaxed or even legal. Well, can you drive alcohol, on that stuff or alcohol no? Alcohol's legal. Right. So I'm just wondering yeah, you how you can't they, drive on it. You so still can't like drive prescription on it. pills, yeah. let's say you have yeah. shoulder surgery, which you did a long time ago. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You get prescribed Percocet or Vicodin or something. Mm-hmm. And you get pulled over and the officer right. says, hey, Percocet's you take anything totally today? legal, yeah, but you can't be pres- driving on it. It's yeah. prescribed to me. I only had two today. Yeah. Okay, get out of the car. You just admitted that drinking 10 beers. thing. Yeah. You admitted having two Percocets. You take a urine screen and you're way over. Uh, it's a problem. So, what's yeah. your take on? You deny that, by the way. What's your? <laughs> I, I t- I've had nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is your take on this? This this really irritates me. Tell me if you agree. This this uh, these what do they call them? These like DUI checkpoints or OVI checkpoints that yeah. they set up on like a Friday night when you get off your exit or you're leaving Blossom, t- you know, you're leaving a big concert and there's a DUI checkpoint. What's your take on all that? Is that constitutional? Yeah, so they have to do a lot correct to. I'm glad I know the answers to this. Yeah, I'm, if you I, didn't, we would just I, not I, even release this episode. I would just so lie okay. and make yeah. it sound like it. <laughs> uh, they have to do a lot as far as studies go to show that that area is prone to impaired drivers and there's a reason why they're using taxpayer money to set up a security checkpoint. Um, They have to essentially advertise it. They have to put it out there so the community knows of where it is. That's why they do that because they Mm -hmm. have to. Mm -hmm. They have to show those two things really before the checkpoint is even legit. They're they're pretty good about it. The patrol's all over that. Um, It has to be published before it it could yeah, even so be if, set you, up. if you yeah. follow, so I follow the Cleveland Police Department on Twitter. Okay, and I always see they always put up there. Yeah, this is um, checkpoint tonight at West Ninth and yeah. Saint Clair mm-hmm. checkpoint from six to nine p.m. on this day. They do it two days in advance, mm-hmm. give or take. Mm-hmm. Is that you need to do that about like forty-eight hour notice? Uh, I don't know the you? answer to that. Yeah. I, I think it's like reasonable notice. Yeah. You can't put it five minutes before, but um, but is it constitutional? Yeah. I mean, can you just stop somebody's right to travel? There is to, a high. Sorry to cut you off. There's no, a um, please a high awareness um, for the public to prevent impaired drivers. So, yeah, it's fine. 
It is totally fine. Oh, yeah, it's fine. Now, do you have to roll down your window and answer the questions? Or, again, can, you, can you pull off like that guy and just say, I don't answer questions? Yeah, right. right. When you go online and you watch all these YouTube videos, people will just, you know, they're trying to prove that this is unconstitutional. They won't roll the window down more than an inch. Yeah, right. The, it, the, the cop will say, have you had anything to drink? And they'll say, it's not your business. Well, and then they let them go sometimes, depending on the, the situation. In the, in the YouTube video, they do. Correct. In real life, they don't because they say, oh, <laughs> subject, defendant only rolled his window down an inch. As soon as he rolled it down, I could smell an overwhelming odor of alcohol. Mm -hmm. Eyes were bloodshot and glassy. I asked him for his license. He slipped through the crack. I asked him to roll his window down more. He wouldn't do it. This, so you, I then you're ordered familiar him with, out of the you car. You see these oh, types of all cases time. all the time. It, you, they all end the same way. You get arrested. Yeah. And, and look, how does that look in front of a judge or a jury? Does that look like you're guilty if you're not even rolling your window down? I, I can see somebody coming to that conclusion for sure. What's the benefit of hiring a, a criminal attorney in that situation versus just saying, yeah, I, I drank, I, I'm i an asshole. Yeah, right. G give me a six-month or 12-month suspension. Oh, it's a minimum year now. It's a so minimum April, year now. April of this year, the law changed minimum six months to a year. So now, getting back to a question we talked about like 10 minutes ago. Uh, the law went from six refusal, months to one year. So if you refuse, it's that one-year suspension. Mm -hmm. If the court comes in and you get an OVI, they're giving you a year anyway, whether you took the test or not. So that court suspension is going to trump whatever you, the BMV does with the refusal versus a positive BAC test. So the police don't tell you that when you're back at the station. They say, oh, look, if you blow over, it's 90 days. If you refuse, it's a year. The court has to give you a year suspension if you're convicted of an OVI. That's no. as minimum. of April of 17 or 18? April of 17. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it's a minimum one-year suspension. Okay. And then, so you hire an attorney to try to mitigate the situation, yeah. you know, like driving privileges mm -hmm. and maybe lesser fine, maybe, you know, yep. community service, those kind of But, like, things. you can't go to Canada for seven years. Is uh, that right? Yeah. CDL drivers. Seven years. Seven. Well, you... you you shouldn't get in. It's up to Canada, but for seven years, yeah, they you don't get an OVI. You had a couple of drinks with your wife. Yeah, your wife slips you a uh, Christmas. Law, man. Your wife slips you a Christmas <laughs> sale at the end of the night, and you can't go to oh. Canada for seven so, years. What, who, what rule is? They, is, that, so, is that a Canadian law? Yeah, Canada doesn't distinguish felonies from misdemeanors, so it's all just wow. a crime there. And they they can and once you get denied, now you're red flagged. In they the don't system. have they don't have felonies in Canada, do they? It's, it's all just one it's all just, it's criminal all. offense. Yeah, <laughs> little stuff like that though. That's but if absurd. you're a CDL holder or you have a really good job or. Um, well, you drive for a let me look. I wouldn't want an OVI. Yeah, it's I wouldn't nasty, want to report man. that to the bar. I wouldn't want get one a, if I was anybody. You got to get a yellow plate, right? Nah, or once you that, get to second and third time offenses, that's when they start. Doing I got it. a guy right now with eleven. I got eleven OVIs. Eleven. Yeah, he's. If he ever could get his license back, you get yellow plates. Like the court gives you driving privileges, and a condition of that is having yellow plates. He he's way past that because he'll never get privileges again. But um, he's got eleven of them. Yeah, now, how in the world was he able to even get – did he drive illegally? Yeah, you don't need he a license. He was driving illegally. You don't need yeah. a license to get an OVI. You right. need car keys, a car, yeah. booze, and bad That's judgment. Yeah. yeah. So this, so how after how many do you lose your license for, like, forever? Uh, he's on his Five or six? Like, how fifth many? lifetime suspension. Fifth so lifetime once you get, suspension. Yeah, once the you first get to a four felony, weren't enough. Once you're in the felony range, either four OVIs in 10 years or six in 20, you're, you're, you're looking at – high end. So how do you represent suspension. somebody like this? I mean, what, what is going on for you? You just, man, you become desensitized, excuse me, desensitized yeah. to it. Yeah. I, it's my job. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, they're, they're paying me to, to make sure that things were done right. 
from and a procedural yeah. procedural yeah you're not defending you know, what they do yeah you're not going i don't to go judge in and, and go say, hey this guy's judge how's he supposed to get to he work deserves or to drive he had to get to the store. He was thirsty yeah, yeah no yeah. you you just you fight it on the merits of the case and like for the issues i named you know i don't care if you have zero vis and you're a nun or if you have 11 like this guy if they don't have a right to pull you over they don't have a right to pull you over so what, i don't care how many OVIs you have what's the uh what's the craziest case you've ever you've ever taken can you can oh, you God. give some detail? Yeah, without naming um, names. Yeah, I can. Craziest case I've ever taken in. Yeah, anything that you've ever. Oh, here's a good one. Yeah, um, I have a couple. How much time do we got? No, I'm just kidding. As much uh, time as you want. We so can, we can make this I two had, hours tonight. I, I had mind. a young lady. All right. When you're stopped by the highway patrol, so you know late at night when you're driving home and you see cars that are abandoned on the side of the road and you think like, oh, somebody must have had car trouble. I don't think that because I'm jaded. I think <laughs> oh, that person is, got arrested. Right? Yeah. yeah, for no, yeah. So the patrol, there's the highway patrol, and then mm-hmm. there's local police departments, and there's sheriffs too. But for purposes, purposes of OVIs, it's essentially local PD versus highway patrol. Look at you grinning like you're ready for this. Yeah, I'm ready. I, I'm just, this when is fascinating. When the patrol pulls you over they, for an OVI, you get arrested. They generally don't tow your car. They don't have... Um, any skin in the game with local impound lots, so they don't really care. They don't want to do the paperwork. They'll they'll say to you, so they arrest you, and they put you in the back of their car, and they say, "Hey, look, you got two options. I can tow your car, you can get it from the impound lot tomorrow, or I can leave it here on the side of I ninety, and you can get it whenever you want. I'll lock it, I'll secure it, I take the keys, I'll it, give it to you." That's standard practice for most of these guys. For for the patrol, for the yeah. Patrol? On your first OVI, yeah. yeah, they won't tow your car, so. Most people that are thinking clearly will say, look, just leave it here. I'll come get it later. I don't want to spend the 250 bucks and the, the headache to come and mm-hmm. get this thing out of a tow yard. So I had a young lady who got pulled over by the patrol. She gets like 2 in the morning. This was recently too. She gets arrested, and she elects to keep her car on the side of the road. Goes back to the patrol post. Look at you. you I know think you this, might have yeah. told me this story. This, story I, this is a ridiculous yeah, story. This story. I know where you're going with this. The, yeah. the, the this joke, is absurd. The joke writes itself. This is pretty wild. So they don't. you don't sit in the <laughs> drunk tank. The patrol, they get you in. They process you. They get you out. So she goes back now, to the post. Now, this is just for people to realize. This is 2 in the morning. She gets pulled over. Yeah, Saturday night, 2 a.m. So, so, yeah, and then and then she goes. She gets booked, and then they let her go. Right? It's like they, an hour later. So she's so out 3 by 3.30 in the morning. 3.30, the latest. Okay. She's out. She blows at 3. She blows over. They say, okay, call somebody to come get you. A friend comes and Call comes someone to track. come get you, yep. and uh, and they've already got her out. So she's losing her license for a year at this point. She blew or, over, so it was 90 days at this point. But 90 same thing. days, but we but know which way it's going. If she ended up getting convicted, it would have been a year. So okay. sure, she's looking at she's a year looking suspension. She's looking at a year suspension. She should be going home as fast as she can and curling up into a Going ball. to Go bed ahead. and just, yeah, yeah, ridding herself of the demons. So yeah. <laughs> her friend says, well, what do you want me to do, take you home? She's like, well, I don't really want to leave my car there. So let's just go and get it. Like, I'm fine. <laughs> I've, I've sobered up. I haven't drank in a couple hours. So sure enough, she gets dropped off at her car in the same spot where she was arrested an hour and a half before. She keys into the car. The same cop that arrested her <laughs> had gone out again. Like she had been released by right. somebody else. Right, right, right. He right. goes back on the road to finish off, finish off his shift. Yeah, he still he, has some work to do. And he thinks somebody's breaking into this girl's car. I, I, I got to go check on it. So he pulls up and he sees her and he's like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Wow. Does the field test again. Cuffs she's still around. fucking she got, ripped. She got two OVIs in two hours. Yeah. That has to be a record, man. Uh, well, that I has to be a record. Be. Oh, it couldn't be. Yeah. That has to be an all-time worldwide record. Yeah. Literally. Which, you know what, though? It's better to get two OVIs back-to-back. Uh, maybe not so much like God that, but damn. I'd rather get 
I'd rather get two OVIs in two days than in two years, because then you can run them parallel and you can play some games with that. But um, yeah, she. It's uh, not good no matter what. But that has to be good, a world. No. That should be like no. she could be in the Guinness. You and your client could go into the Guinness yeah, Book with that. Same that's, court, that's same cop. That's so fucking just, embarrassing. So you're working on that case as we speak, uh, or is it over with? That case ended. Yeah, it is just yeah. ended. Yeah, worked out well for God it. bless you, man. Look, all things considered, worked out okay. You think you go to jail for a long time for that? She she did okay. Would you take rape and murder cases if you were given right an opportunity? Right now, no, I wouldn't. Not right now, I wouldn't. No, it's not even. Not, I just, I'm not interested. No, no, rape cases are tough. They're really tough. They're tough. They're tough to defend. You're saying they're yeah, tough to you know, just defend the individuals. Um, how do I put this? The the hardest case to defend. Uh, not what you're thinking. You're thinking mm-hmm. it's tough because how do you sit next Morally to these people? and all that. No, it's stuff, the yeah. hardest thing to do is defend people that are innocent. Oh, that's got to be so, so it's, tough, It's man. so tough. And that, that you truly know in your heart of hearts are innocent. It's so hard. Because you, you know, the like, pressure is over. And it happens all the time, too, doesn't yeah. it? Well, More and, so than you want to believe. And look, most of my, most 99.5% of my OVI clients are guilty. They're guilty, mm-hmm, right? It's mm-hmm. just how do you beat the case in a technicality? How do you minimize it? How do you work them through it? Yeah, sure. Um, that's not hard to do. It's hard. The work's hard, but the moral end of it and um, – Putting yourself, it's it, it, it's easier to do. Representing somebody on a rape case uh, that you know, you never really know, but as much as you can know that is in it, that is it's so tough to do. So Have you seen that when you were with Ian's firm? Yeah. So Ian and I did a trial. Um, I was out of law school for like two or three years at this point. Um, it was a date rape case, and this kid was in college, and he went on a it was like a what do they call them little date parties. Not, I want to say prom, like a uh, like a like the it was like fraternity, a, yeah, like date, a formal, fraternity, what do they call sorority, uh, formals, formal, yeah, maybe? formal, yeah. So he goes to a formal event with this date. Yeah. Then I'm going back to his room, messing around. Nothing. When you think of rape, you think of like tying somebody like up, putting him in the trunk, and yeah. going into the woods. Mm-hmm. So that was the allegation for him. And this kid didn't do anything. He he didn't. He's the nicest kid. Got kicked out of school. Really he kicked him off campus. So, anyway, why, so what happens? People, these girls, or this in this particular case, you believe that she just yeah she had a what, boyfriend. What's the motivation? Look, behind you make that. an allegation like that because you're you're young and you just don't know what's going. And it snowballs. The police get involved. They take and them there. Like, oh shit! I can't go back now, or else, really I, or else I'm fucked. Now, yeah, right. As, look, as the accuser, if you truly are making up a story, sure. you're like, fuck! I got to stick with this. And now. it's hard. It's, a lot of them are. He said, she said. They're tough cases. It's very hard. And, and very I believe hard. this kid. I to yeah. this day. I, I mean, really? anyway. So he gets a really good offer, a plea offer, and he said he wouldn't take it. Like, I didn't do anything. I'm not pleading it. So sure enough, we go to trial on it, and I'm thinking, like, this kid, we can't lose. We cannot. This kid cannot get convicted of anything. He can't. Like, I will never You couldn't forget. sleep. You were like, oh, uh, I would have been so upset. Anyway, um, make a very long story short, he yeah. ends up winning the trial, uh, and he got acquitted. His mom in the courtroom, like, hugged me. Screaming, like, probably. Like, oh, tears of joy. She hugged me because thanks for saving my son's life. Saving and his now life, I'm thinking, yeah. like, first of all, I didn't do much. My boss. What could died. he have been? What was he facing? Oh, God. He was looking at three to 10 years in prison, lifetime sex offender registration. The rapist at that point, if he's convicted, yeah. He's going to prison for sure. He's getting Dude. substantial time. There's more counts than just the rape, too. There's a kidnapping on there. It's um, so complicated, man. When you yeah, think about he like, was looking at that was a huge risk, and he took it and he won. Because he up, knew and he, he sued was, the sued the girl. What do you say? He said like I did nothing of nothing. that sort. Like, I nothing. Didn't do it. No. Nothing. I didn't do it. Nothing of that yep. sort. Yeah. So rape cases are are, are tough. Um, they're it's got to be hard, like you said, when you're looking at somebody's life is in your hands. That's what makes it hard. 
especially when you know in your heart of hearts it's that hard. they are being wrongfully accused of something that they yeah and that's the uh, extreme you know. case right you don't see that yeah. every day but rape is still rape listen yep. on the other on the flip side of it whether it's if you don't do it and you're completely innocent man that's got to be so tough it's tough it's so defending so these tough, innocent guys uh, but like you've said before and i'll just make the comparison to like when you were the sports agent right the highs are are epically high mm -hmm. and the lows and the daily grind like it can get it's tough, right? Yeah. Kind of no like doubt. criminal defense work. I mean, the highs of winning a trial for somebody that needs it, um, that is a high that it just, when you really help somebody exonerate themselves, there's, that is a good feeling. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah that, that's a, that's, yeah. that's an unmatched type of emotional yeah. high, man. Yeah. I'll, that, I'll you be, can't, that you... I'll be 80 years old. I'll remember this kid's mom hugging me. It was crazy. Yeah. For the rest yeah. of your life. Yep. For the rest of your life. Um, no, man, I think, I think what you're doing is, absolutely fascinating if i was ever practicing law i would think i would want to be in this area of the law mm -hmm. criminal law i think it's really cool you know everyone deserves representation whether they're guilty or not you know there's yep. people that represented castro or you know these big high profile cases we don't even need to start naming names like you know that you guys went through and uh whether these people are the lowest of low lives in the world everyone deserves representation um because of those because of those cases that you just mentioned. Yeah. You know, you can't pick and choose who gets the representation and who doesn't. Without you guys in that courtroom, that young kid is probably locked up right now and he's a he's a registered sex offender for Crazy. the rest of his life, man. So Yeah, the low on that is obviously his life's sad, over at that point. So yeah. sick. And, and a lot of times, like you said, you're not representing the people to say, hey, what they did was okay, but you're representing them to make sure the procedural their procedural due process is followed through, right? Yeah, and look, I mean, it's, it's not as um, it's not as law and order as you think. Mm -hmm. Not many cases go to trial. Most right. end up pleading or resolving in a back room, and you just negotiate it. And that's where the years of being a lawyer and going in and out of courtrooms really helps. What uh, what's your what's your uh, path forward? What do you see for your near and, and, and long term future? You're going to just stay in this area of the law, or are you oh, yeah. getting involved in anything else? Yeah. You, like I said earlier, pigeonhole yourself. Not that's a bad thing, but you get you get stuck. I, I'm not going to go and learn divorce law. It's funny I mentioned right. that. Look, people ask me how I do criminal. How do you defend criminals? I will take a criminal case over a domestic divorce case every day of the week. Those are the worst, mm -hmm. the absolute most you grueling. You see people's oh, families being drugged through the mud, and they're losing Just, this, and the kids are this, and man, the welcome to the mud. If you're doing to those the cases, mud. arguing about. <laughs> the cat and who pays for the cat food like it it's can just, get so it's just absurd. everything it's especially all when there's a lot of assets involved there's kids involved kids, the kids assets the that's terrible it's yeah gotta be, who it's gets so the sad. vacation house what days and how come they get it on this weekend and that's the weekend you wanted to go Ugh. no thanks yeah i, I, I hear no, you so i'm good with so the you're gonna stick defense. with this yeah, criminal defense yeah. you're gonna stick around in, in this uh ovi universe you know drugs those kind yep. of cases yeah, yeah, I like the drug cases a lot too. You looking to bring out any additional attorneys? Or are you going to keep it just keep it for yourself for now? Huh? I will someday. Yeah, yeah. Um, if anyone that's listening knows somebody uh, that has been you know faced with a uh, OVI, DUI, DWI, drug case, or any criminal matter, uh, criminal case for that matter, um, and please you know reach out to Greg. And how do people get a hold of you? Shameless plug right there. Yeah, I did it for you. I got a website and a bunch of phone numbers. Google me. I'm very easy to find. What up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Optimal Life with yours truly. Hit me up on Instagram at Nathan Haber and let me know what you think. I really appreciate you guys tuning in and 
again, stay tuned for some awesome, awesome episodes ahead. Take care.